Due to some technical difficulties, the quality of the audio on some portions of this episode is diminished. We apologize for the inconvenience. This issue has been resolved in future episodes. Hey friends, welcome to the AGWM Leadership Podcast. Super excited to hang out with you guys today. And today we have an amazing guest, John Sousa. John, excited to spend some time with you, man. Oh, it's a joy to be here. Tell us a little about, a bit about yourself. Sure. So my dad is Colombian, mom is Kentuckian, okay. uh, and they met in Ecuador of all places wow. at a private Bible institute. And after getting married, my brother was born, then I was born. And at three years old, we were commissioned to go to Venezuela, where I grew up, till I was 18. Wow. Then ended up going to Southeastern University and got to be a part of planning a church in America. Uh-huh. And as an MK, finally in America, that was the foreign field to me. So it was it was fun being bivocational church planners there with, with an incredible team and eventually ended up in Indianapolis, okay. planted a Spanish church, uh, had so much fun with that. Two years later, the mothering church lead pastor had a transition after being there 28 years and we were the only ones on staff that were interviewed and then 28 years of age became the next lead pastors and that will be 13 years come next month that wow. we stepped into that role. Wow, that is awesome. So it sounds like you've got a lot going on. A little family, you're pastoring, um, you're here this week, so you're involved in district yes. leadership and missions. I, I, I know you travel a lot, come to Africa quite a bit. So tell me, how do you juggle all of the things that you're responsible for? Well, I think juggling is the perfect word for it. Obviously, with, with having to prioritize what, what comes first, what comes next. Contrary to what a lot of people think, I do say no a lot. <laughs> Yeah, so there, there is that. That's very but well said. Uh, it, it is, it's only seeing what you said yes to. But it's the same thing when it comes to even when having to coach people, even with finances, you know, coming up with a budget. I always tell people you don't have to feel bad about saying no to something if you've already said yes to something. So when you've prioritized that this is what I'm going to give to, I can say no to this because I've already had a yes. Yeah. So in trying to make up, you know, what do I go to? Now, from a missional side, yes. uh, I don't claim to be balanced in any way, shape, or form, but I didn't see Jesus, you know, balanced when it came to a supernatural mission. He was all in. Yeah. So, yes, pastoring in America, but it, it was a clear expectation that I, I had when I interviewed with the board members. Mm-hmm. So I said, you have to be aware that you're hiring a missionary who is going to moonlight as a pastor. So what that means is if you send me, I will come home. If you look at me and go, you can't go, that's when I permanently leave. Yeah. So that was the arrangement moving forward. Okay, so you say no to a lot of things, you say yes to a lot of things. How do you choose what to say no to? So the no, not that it comes easy, but um, it really revolves around my yes, because the yes has to do with that missional life. It has to do with, um, and by, by juggling, yes, it is, it is juggling. Mm-hmm. I know you can talk to probably a thousand different leaders about balance, and they'll have a thousand different definitions for balance. Mm-hmm. Same thing like spirit-filled Pentecostals and defining revival. Yeah. You might have 10,000 definitions of revival. But from balance, uh, the way I approach it isn't necessarily you have all the compartments or quadrants in your life perfectly proportioned and aligned. 
it really is. At some point, you might be leaning this way. Mm -hmm. And at the next step, you have to adjust accordingly. So in those yeses, obviously, there, there is that missional call. There, there is that fact that, um, you know, involved in ministry. And yes, I am married and I enjoy being married. Uh, have and four, stay being and married. want to stay being married, preferably to the same person <laughs> the rest of my life. Uh, and four kiddos. So my oldest is 14, the next one's 12, those are the boys, the girls are 8 and 4. So there's a lot of demand there. So in functioning within balance, it is a juggle where, okay, you know, in doctoral studies as well. So having to say yes to these moments and seasons. So case in point, the last 30 days, uh, was able to be a part of working with our missionary families and their youth uh, in Europe for their regional retreat. That was a month ago. Came home and six weeks later was in Israel with 40 people uh, from, from my church. Now, in striking a balance, I don't want to be gone from my family where they think, yeah. almost resent, you know, yeah, even, even with kiddos. Okay, you know, our, our father is only here if he's got time left over. Yeah. Thankfully, my wife and I, communication, are working on that element. So, Croatia, while I did by myself, my oldest son went with me to Israel. Awesome. This uh, last week had to be here for the TCKIA yeah. uh, board meeting and then commencement and graduation. Well, that one I flew so I could come in, come out. But for this week to be here for the commissioning service and you know these amazing uh, events, my whole family loaded up in the car and we drove after preaching on Sunday so that we could, while as best as we could, be together. So it is an adjustment knowing yeah. here's the call but we want to be able to also seize those moments together. So that yes goes, okay, the answer is yes when it comes to a missional ministry related thing, but now tear it out. The yes may be right now, I've got to get this done, yeah. or yes, we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. But then it very easily allows me to go, no, I can't be a part of that yeah. because I've already said yes to being here, making this done and accomplishing this over the next three to six months. So I've got two different directions I want sure. to go. One is, you're happy. I mean, when I see you walking around, you're smiling, you're laughing with people, sure. you're talking. So here you've got this life that, for, quite frankly, for many people, would be completely overwhelming. You're always on the go. What's the secret to that? <laughs> so uh, something I've learned, you know, I don't know if it was intentional that my parents poured into me, whether it's something that had to be mined in a decisive draw line in the sand type moment. But I, I've learned this. If you wait for life to bring you joy, you'll be waiting a long time. Wow. But if you intentionally bring joy to life, it changes the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. uh, because all of us can look to every moment that punctures, you know, slices. Uh, welcome to leadership, welcome to bleedership, you know, yeah. where we're constantly bleeding at some point. But that joy element, there, there is that side, we, we know scripture, mm -hmm. the joy of the Lord is our strength. But beyond that is the context because God's people had failed, yeah. they had been in bondage, they had brought, they have been brought back, and there's the tension of two generations, mm -hmm. one that very clearly remembers what things used to be like, yeah. and they're weeping, yeah. you know, oh, the temple's destroyed. You have this younger generation that's weeping as well, because they're having to build things, but they have no idea, no memory of what mm -hmm. was, and it's in the face of finding God's word yeah. that people are lamenting, mm -hmm. but God's, you know, prophetic unction in the moment is, no, 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 Now's not the time to weep. That was yesteryear yeah. in failure. Mm -hmm. You're here at a new beginning. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Wow. 
So the reality that at any given moment, if, if we get our eyes on what doesn't matter, uh, we, we all would have reasons to continually mourn. But it's, it's, not, it's not that Joel Osteen owns the corner on joy. You know, he's not the only one who can go around <laughs> smiling. You know, that, that is something that we can choose to say, okay, I want to mine what God has for us. Yeah. And somehow there can still be, there can be joy when, when I'm bearing something. Not, not that I go around laughing right. at a funeral, no. But yet in the tears, the tears can have meaning because you know, okay, this isn't the end. So there's that opportunity to continue to say, let's move from here. I love that because so often you, I mean, obviously people get real busy and sometimes it's overwhelming and, and it's easy sometimes to think, poor me, but right. you're, you're very intentional in making a decision to choose joy. Yeah. And we all, have, we all can make the choice. It's probably not always easy, but no, anyways, we won't need to keep digging on that. I'm, I'm really interested on missional. So you make missional decisions. So we're talking to a bunch of missionary leaders who have a calling of God for why they went to the field. And yet God has placed them in an arena of leadership in which a lot of times we're doing things that weren't necessarily our first calling, right. but we're trying to juggle that. So in the context of prioritization, missional, but responsibilities, unpack that for me. So all of us work, whether we're, we're aware of it or not, um, it, it changes when, you, when you're intentional about it, is realizing that God is moving in us and through us at any given time. Mm -hmm. But we have to realize that what God is doing is bigger than us in the moment. Yeah. So the residual effect that it has on, on our children, yeah. in, a, in a great way, mm -hmm. uh, and upon you know, any area of ministry, the, the amazing thing is to... Uh, at least from my side, to recognize what am I doing that truly embeds or turns towards a more eternal impact. Mm -hmm. You know, so even even in the finite, realizing the infinite is is at work. Yeah. So those tensions. So you've got a brand new global worker who is arriving overseas and is driven, let's get stuff done, mm -hmm. and then deals with the fact that there's a different time frame in this environment. Absolutely. You know, well, I'm I want to buy my vehicle now because I need to get there and find out, oh, it's about a nine month waiting period. You know, those are tensions, you know, that, that you have to deal with and you have to decide what to do with that. But, you know, same thing from, so pastoring in America, which was never on my list of things to be doing, but when you realize God's ordaining steps and leading, it was an intentionality on my side to go, the changes that needed to be done in the body that I was called to work with. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was feeling the tension of, do I not make these adjustments to keep already saved people happy? Yeah. Or will I be okay with upsetting, not in sin, mm -hmm. just being willing to say, I love you, I'm not staying here, yeah. because we have to get here, and I'm okay with somebody who is already going to get to heaven, yeah. not be too happy with me as long as they remain saved yeah. so that we can actually reach somebody who isn't. Mm. So that becomes the missional element, gotcha. is what is the greater eternal impact that I have to face in the tensions? Mm -hmm. I can't control all the elements. Yeah. I can't. But what I can control is what I'm doing with this moment 
which God is doing something bigger yeah. as, as long as I steward it to the best of my abilities. So you're consistently thinking about what God has called you towards, which is a bigger picture maybe than the immediate. So what's what's going to have a multiplying deeper effect larger in God's kingdom? Yes, and the big thing to me, I think in dealing with decisions, one of the biggest things, I don't know if it's a personal pet peeve or, or wiring natural or supernatural, so I'm not going to blame the Holy Spirit or my parents, okay? It may just be my own unique hybridity here. Uh, I think one of the biggest errors on a lot of, and speaking in generality, a lot of followers of, of Christ um, nationally, internationally can fall into is the error of indecision. Okay. Not, not just waiting on the Lord, because right. obviously we... If the Lord says, wait, that's the only right answer. Right. I think too often we encounter these forks in the road, and I don't know how to teach this, God. I don't. I'm being honest. Yeah. I just, I think those of us who are geared to walk, you know, following God, when we hit a fork in the road, not, not sideways, not, not signs where the devil's going, hey, come this way. No, legitimate fork in the road. Too often we stop and go, okay, God, where do we go? Yeah. Left or right? And sometimes God simply whispers back, yes, and our mind can't handle it. Because yeah. we're, we're waiting, okay, is it A or B? Yeah. And I think all too often God goes, no, 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 follow me. And as long as I'm first, I will bless in the decision. Yeah. And there, there's this almost backside to so many followers of Christ. And I see it even in, in mature believers sometimes where they think, if I make the wrong choice, I'm going to mess up God's will. Yes. And then becomes indecision, you know, where I, I'm, I'm not moving. I'm not, but I go, if you think about all these beasts throughout history, mm -hmm. a Hitler, mm -hmm. he didn't destroy the will of God. Mm -hmm. Now, what he did was not, you know, God's perfect plan, but you see how after, you know, 1,900 years or so, God used the Holocaust and all of its atrocities to bring his people of, you know, Israel back to the nation of Israel. He redeemed all of the worst things so that they could go back to a homeland. Mm -hmm. If Hitler couldn't mess it up, if a Mussolini, a Pol Pot, if Osama bin Laden couldn't mess up the will of God, how can a son or daughter of God with great intentions, wanting to seek God, how are we going to mess it up? Yeah. And I think we deactivate ourselves if we're stuck in indecision versus praying through. And when all there's left to do is act, make a choice. Yeah. Knowing that God will move in the midst of it. Yeah, no, I love that. And actually just yesterday having a conversation about when you're talking to someone who says they're called to missions, but they're waiting. Yeah. And I'm like, they're wait and I'm, well, I was like, what are you waiting for? We just want to make sure I'm called. And you're like, well, it's in the Bible. We know it's God's will. If you if you make a decision, He'll tell you no if He doesn't want you there. But I do think sometimes we we we're concerned that if that God has a very narrow, perfect will for our life, and and if somehow we make the wrong decision, we get out of that. Right. And, and and what I hear you saying is, hey, wait, it's less about a narrow, perfect will as a direction. And as you make a decision, God will help nuance you into the right way. Yeah, it's. It was an, uh, an old veteran legend, you know, pastor in Kentucky. She, she used to state it this way, and I'm not altering scripture. It was just a thought that she, she planted in my brain. She said that narrow road that is following God 
maybe it wouldn't be so narrow if more of us walked it. And it was that constant movement that allowed me to go, okay, just keep moving and invite others with you. Maybe, maybe it would be broadened and widened if more of us walked it. Yeah, wow. That's an interesting thought. Okay, so we're talking about prioritization, making having a missional filter. So once you figure out you've made your decisions, this is what I'm saying yes to, how do you move from the next step in making decisions that allow the filter that you've gone through to be effective? So if I'm going to say yes to something and no to something else, what kind of decision-making process do you use sure. to make sure that it, it actually is effective? So I'm, I'm very value-based. Uh -huh. So early on, so, you know, I'm dating my wife, Rebecca, and we're, we're dreaming, talking about, you know, future, all this. So for us, if you will, coming to the table going, this is how we're going to make our decisions. Mm -hmm. We're going to evaluate together. We'll talk through together. So to be able to say, okay, that top of the line is always going to be God. So yeah. if, if either of us sense God moving, even if the other one is in the dark, typically myself, you know, we'll sit and talk through and go, okay, I'm, I'm sensing this. I'm being, is this confirmed? You know, what, what needs to happen? Obviously, there's that God element. If he yeah. speaks, that's it. Then that next element, obviously, was going to be our marriage and family. Mm -hmm. That then what followed could be all the other things. Yeah. You know, whether that's yeah, friends, whether it's, you know, vacation, whether it's all this. So even in traveling, uh, I, it's not that I don't enjoy traveling, you know, for the sake of traveling. Sure. It, it really is, if I'm going to travel, I want it to be with a purpose. Yeah. So... To, to have the opportunity to be in Africa every year, to be in Tanzania every single year. That's not because, you know, I've got this long driving thing when I was a kid, Tanzania was it, you know, I had to do it. No, it really, in fact, the only reason, you know, the life story of John Sousa is typically I'm in a room to which I was invited, just nobody realized who sent him the invitation. Yeah. You know, so it's like, <laughs> but he's already here, so we don't want to kick him out. So there, there was that. Uh, side where in 2015, you know, the National Church was going to do this special event to try and reach what is estimated over 40,000 Assembly God Preachers kids. Yeah. And the, the vision that they had was as they were building churches, as they were seeing planted, yeah. all these, they were losing that generation within families. So high-octane driven yeah. that the children were almost resenting it. Yes. So with that intentionality, I was the backup speaker you know for this event because the primary speaker was double booked <laughs> so when i get the call from the primary speaker there he's like listen i'll do the one next year if you'll just pinch it for me i'm like i'm beyond honored i've always wanted this latin america caribbean guy i wanted to make it to africa you know so i finally get there well the general superintendent dr Ntokambali of tanzania was the first person speaking and he goes for at least an hour 45 you know, just, <laughs> just and dropping bombs the whole time, like oh, yes. mind-blowing bombs. Then I'm up next, and they go, hey, we've slated an hour. I'm like, I just need 20 minutes, <laughs> you know? So I share, you know, we open up an altar, and, and I'm, I'm just enjoying it, you know, just loving what God is doing there to be a part and to serve. Well, I get a call a few weeks after having returned uh, to the States from the primary speaker. He goes, John, I was just talking to national leadership. Yeah, they don't want me back, they want you. And at that point, now now you're hooked, you know. So then I went with my wife that second time because I didn't want it to be just me. Hey, I'm doing this. No. 
if somebody's going to pay the price, it's not just going to be the fact that I'm going. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be gone every December and you can't go with me or the kiddos can't be with me, family of six, you know, yeah. that's, that's a rather large budget just yeah. on airfare. So if there's going to be that sacrifice, we're all going to pay it one way or the other. Everything's going to cost us. We just have to decide what is the, the greater return on that. Yeah. She needed to be involved in the process. And Dr. Ntokambali, as you and I are seated here in Dodoma at a Chinese restaurant, <laughs> and of all things, asked us to be involved every year. And for her to have a say and go, yes, we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. So my oldest son has gone with me. My second in line son is going to uh, come with me at some point to Tanzania and eventually to involve my kiddos one-on-one -on -one as well so they can experience. This is why, you know, dad does this. This is why mom and dad will do this trip and they be a part of it. Because even like work, I don't ever want them going, uh, dad's at the church again yeah i want them to know i'm at work doing yeah. this church is what we get to do together as we worship god and help reach others awesome. there's a work element and i wanted them to be able to differentiate awesome. i love the way you tie in um your value the way you use values to to be inclusive with your family and make sure you're headed the right direction so I think so often we struggle with this tension of, man, we're always being pulled, we're always traveling, and yet I see you navigating your journey with a lot of joy, not burden, and in a way that honors your family and God's calling and the mission that he's given you. And um, wow, what a challenge for us as we think about how to integrate those things in, as we lead in AGWM as area director strategically sure. leading teams traveling and all that goes with that so you know agwm well um obviously mk also um, you travel a lot you have a lot of missionary friends this is our audience what would you say in closing words of advice to your area director strategic leader friends who are serving out there when it comes to this if there's a book that is yet to be written in my mind somewhere, okay, uh, it, it would actually, uh, it's a rough working title, uh, but the heartbeat behind it would be that there will be blood. There will be blood. Now, just by, by title alone would frighten everybody and probably make us regret every call we've ever accepted. But yes, and doesn't matter whatever line, whether you're serving as a lay leader in America or you're literally having to step and keep a national church from, from splitting, knowing I'm just the outsider yeah. having to mediate in these circumstances. Or you're in the middle of an insurrection within the nation, you're there and having to decide, do we grab whatever bags we can and cross the border, you know, trying to think safety. The fact is this, every decision we make, uh, I'm constantly reminded, the more I bleed, it's a reminder that, that I die. You know, I'm dying. But there's also the reality that Jesus already bled for us. Mm. That his blood means I live. Yeah. And it sets me free. Mm. It sets me free. In a global pandemic and getting a call from, you know, somebody that their loved one passed away, having to leave the safety bubble of my home to go be with this family yeah. in one accord, knowing his blood covers mm. and I'll quarantine accordingly early on or overseas knowing
that I'm making this decision so that I can be present for that, knowing that, yes, everything's going to cost me. But because of the expense that he paid with his blood, mm -hmm. it now changes the framework in which I work. Yeah. It means that even at my worst, there's grace. Yeah. Not to be abused, but it's there covering the doorpost of my life. Wow. That that's how I can take a step in confidence, yeah. knowing that even if I slip and fall, that he's not waiting to beat me. Yeah. He's waiting to lift me back up so I can invite others in this amazing grace journey. What an encouragement. Man, I love that. John, thanks so much. Absolutely. It's been awesome hanging out here in your heart. Friends, thanks a lot for joining us. Looking forward to catching you next time. Have a great day.